So let's get started. Um, again, take two. We already tried this once and had a technical failure. But uh, welcome back to Two Beers In. We are in the 70s somewhere after our recent adjustments. Uh, we definitely lost track of where we're at. I'm very excited about this week's guest. We've got some new hot stuff going on and a nice uh, past in the community. Uh, but we'll do introductions first and then we'll get rolling. I am Jeff from Keg Grove. I'm Tyler from Keg Grove. <laughs> I'm Ryan from Fiala Brothers and that, DP Doe. That was well done, sir. Well done. You, you know, when you're drinking the beer, that does occur. Um, the hardest part, I'll say, is I just had to say the exact same thing over again, which was a little, it uh, messes with your mind a little, like you're having deja vu and you know it. But uh, super excited to have you on here. Um, don't even know where we want to start. We have uh, Fiala Brothers opening very soon, and we're very excited for the details on that. Um, of course, by soon, it could be just before this airs or just after this airs, but either way, that's that'll work out perfectly. Um, but from where we're recording, you're on the cusp. Uh, let's start there. How's progress going? Slow and steady, but finally advancing into that final phase of now we're really down to the little things before we can finally open the doors without anyone objecting, so... Exciting, but also terrifying. I get you. You got the so you're in the uh, the old inspection stage and the beers bubbling stage and all the good stuff. Inspections are done. There's just a few more things we need to do. Brother is still squaring away his brewer's license, ah. which you've I'm sure gone through. We have, yes. And we've got another product in because we'll have 24 taps, including yes. six of our own once they're up and running. But until then room for 24 beers including yours well, and i like that idea <laughs> then the full liquor license so being perfect fans of whiskeys bourbons etc we could do a lot of those and just kind of the bare minimum of other things kind of sounds like the place where you can go and plant yourself and uh you know you can have anything from a uh, great selection of beer your own freshly made beer and great whiskeys i mean that sounds like um, a day for me <laughs> Oh, and if you plant yourself on the rooftop we put in, you might even sprout. Well, there you go. How about that? I don't think I should sprout anymore. <laughs> I think I've sprouted enough. <laughs> Looking for my sprouts to wilt away a little bit. <laughs> oh, man. So let's, uh, let's start back uh, at the beginning because you have been in the food, um, not business, I want to say, but Industry. a food presence in uh, locally here for a while now and it started with dp doe i uh, don't let's give a little background on dp doe kind of make sure everybody who may not know it kind of has a feel for what what you've done and for the record uh love mac and cheese and hot dogs oh man <laughs> the day we figured out that putting mac and cheese in a calzone was a good idea it was one of our crowning achievements yes i i order it all the times so of course now at the brewery we're gonna have to <clears throat> make a mac and beer cheese that's hopefully gonna be on the launch menu and if not shortly thereafter to follow but uh, mac and cheese in anything in all its forms oh 100 yeah but as far as dp dough goes Open mine in spring of 2008 as a fresh-faced 26-year-old with no gray hairs to show. But <laughs> Not anymore. Now it's a bit, bit of a different story. But my brother Steve, who is my partner in Fiala Brothers, yep, he opened his in Champaign in 2006. Okay. Partnered with a friend of his, best friend who actually grew up around the corner from us. His friend Brian had gone to Colorado State for three years, been a delivery driver at DPDO, and... Loved it to the point where neither one of them wanted to get a conventional job out of college. They took a few interviews, as I did later on, and said, yeah, I really don't want to do this entry-level stuff. Maybe we could open a DPDO. They went and tracked down the founder, signed a licensing agreement to use the name. Basically, they had to figure everything out for themselves, and then two years later, I had to do the same because we had no idea what we are doing. I mean, we might right. have all invented the concept, you know, this whole Calzone's the college students thing. But in order to get a bank loan, you kind of needed something to latch on to in Correct. order for a bank to say yes. This was before all the subprime crisis, but banks are still, if you need the money, they will give it to you. But if you don't need it, everybody wants to be your friend and take you to lunch. Correct. Oh, I think everybody knows that story. Yeah. Oh, well, At least those in business know that story. Just wait till you get into the four-year odyssey of Fiala Brothers and 
between the SBA and the questions you get from the bankers about, so when's this opening, and why do we have to extend this loan again? But somehow, you know, yeah. all that time has passed, and we've gotten... You, know, you ever hear the phrase, the ends justify the means? Yes. If you had told me at the end what the means would be to get to this point, I don't know if I'd have had the wherewithal to actually go through with it. I, and I, I mean, I know, obviously, there's tons we'll cover here, but I mean, just having done it and then the pandemic literally dropped right on your feet i mean we were we've always been thankful we had like just we had about a year and a half in before all that started hitting and at least we had something to stand on and it wasn't much but it was way more than we're under construction and tearing apart a building you know at least you had a captive audience that found themselves consuming more at home correct so pivoting to cans and drive up and curbside basically just the overwhelming sentiment of preserve and support your local businesses like that was a strong undercurrent in town yeah and those of us who were known independent local ownership we all kind of latched on to it and people took care of us like those who were able to sit around at home and work in their pajamas ordered their kids more food for takeout than they would have before and since at dpw we did delivery we did just fine yeah the places that had to take product that wasn't meant to travel and hope it traveled yeah. Part went out to them. Because 100%. It was, it was a unique experience. I think every generation has something that they can tell. And, well, I think that's ours. <laughs> I just laugh. You mentioned how COVID dropped right in the middle of us. I think we had just taken down the old Bill's Key and Lock. Yeah. yeah. We were just staring at an empty foundation. Maybe we'd roughed something in as far as the plumbing and electrical runs and such. Maybe we poured some concrete or had some block work going, but... I mean, COVID hit and everything just froze. Yeah, yeah. But obviously, you know, you're already drawing on a bank loan. That doesn't freeze. You still keep paying on it, but... Right. Thankfully, one way or another, things have all worked out. And despite the fact that we had to wait about half a year to get our siding and our garage door springs, because they're going to be front and back garage doors that yeah. open up to the street and the alley, you can't dry in a place or bring in supplies unless you have garage door springs and siding. So yeah. quite literally, I mean a six month freeze on a project that was just you know when a place is open the money only go or when a place is still being built, the money only goes one way and it's No, correct, door. correct. So, yeah. Yeah, it's it's been a long haul to get there, but thankfully when you're not opening something as your main means of income, you have the flexibility to see it through and whether some of the ridiculous inflationary uh, pricing trends that we've run into I think our lumber cost us two or three times what it was supposed to, and yeah. we got it even before the market topped out. Yeah, yeah. So hopefully, yeah, you were locked in with those prices. We did what we could, but yeah. I mean, it just became comical at some point, and again, we made it work. But well, and unfortunately, I mean, that's kind of the world we're living in now. Anyway, everything is much, much more expensive, and we all have to make it work. I mean, whether you're a consumer or a business, I mean, that's where everybody's at. On the flip side, though, in terms of pricing elasticity, people used to complain if, like, the price of a calzone went up by a nickel. But <laughs> now, I mean, you raise it a quarter because you're looking at your meat prices doubling and right. packaging going through the roof, and everyone else around you, I mean, is raising their prices by a buck at a time. So right. you don't want to do it, but at the same time, the labor cost, if you can even find help, go up. No, that's a hundred percent. Yeah, no, we. Uh, I agree. That's that's uh, it's a tricky situation. Nobody wants to raise their prices, but unfortunately, when you're stuck with higher costs, you know you got to do what you got to do. But now people seem to understand that a bit more. And the crazy thing about Fiala Brothers is we designed a I'm not going to say COVID-proof concept, but a concept that could thrive in a COVID-rampant marketplace even before COVID hit. We were right. going for a more limited labor model where you just hire a bunch of really on the ball, kind of like almost the Aldi of breweries where everybody can kind of do everything to yeah. some extent. And you just, you work hard, but you reap the rewards. And we like that free flowing, you know, because it's a brewery, as you've seen, you don't have servers. And that Correct. was the initial argument we had to go through. If you have servers, somebody gets sat at are we on NSFW here? Like, can we swear or do we? So we we are on the we call it the PG model. We let uh, pretty much let everything slide. One F bomb an episode. Okay. Giving everybody a history here. Yeah, yeah. I just you know, we're, we're some, pretty loose. So where but, I'm uh, going is somebody gets sat in the shitty seat. Yes, the all good. I don't know how else you phrase it other than 
you're staring at a wall, or yes. you're in the dark spot, or there's a an HVAC vent that's just blowing full blast down on your head. There's always a better seat, a worse seat. And honestly, do you really get the full experience if you're stuck in a spot? So the ability to wander around a brewery has always been kind of the charm of it. Like yeah. you've ever been to places like Rheingeist in Cincinnati, where yep. it's we're in mid December for a Bengals game, so you couldn't actually enjoy the rooftop because it was closed. Right, but right. You still have this open hall where you can just go play games, run around Correct. giant beer hall tables, which was always part of our concept. Except in our tiny footprint, we have exactly one beer hall table. <laughs> That's and the all rest right. are, they're all old growth walnut, just hardwood that Doug picked up around town. Built them beautifully, stained them. I mean, they're live edges. They're beautiful. That's nice. But there's one beer hall table because otherwise they would basically take up our whole footprint. Yeah. No, I love those big beer hall tables, but they we have room for none. So. So you know, yeah, you make yeah. do with the space you've got. I think we squeezed every last usable inch out of the place, and people will see that when they come in. A front rooftop, a back patio. We can watch the trains go by. I have a five-year-old, so he's much safer watching trains from 18 feet in the air but you know right. behind, uh, railing then <laughs> running out into my parking lot into oncoming traffic that isn't looking for a five-year-old who's not looking for them because he's looking for trains i can respect that yes but so two outdoor areas and then inside there's the second upstairs bar restrooms and just kind of an area connecting it, but the back patio and the upstairs area can be reserved for private gatherings nice have to figure out exactly how it'll work because you don't want to deny people the full experience unless it's really worth your while to do so correct especially during off times if somebody wants to have a lunch or happy hour meeting there i think that might be the sweet spot or sunday mornings for bridal showers maybe not baby showers because you're not supposed to drink when pregnant right Right. (laughs) but sometimes those attending right (laughs) those attending may need to town of normal did this whole 9 a.m liquor license thing so nice theoretically you can do it not saying we will but we can right right no, we, we have the old, I think ours is 8 o'clock in the morning. And, oh, wow. and you can doesn't mean we do. Or should. You know, or should, right, yeah. yeah. There's enough drinking hours in a day, but sometimes, especially during the nice weather parts of the year, the money season, yeah. it makes sense, too. No, yeah, we, uh, we, we usually don't open before 11. We've done brunch a couple times where we opened up a little earlier, but not much, not very often. So we'll see, though. We'll see with that. But, yeah, I, I understand you with those spaces. We, uh... We also will make uh, the upstairs available here, and it's always a tough call. It's like, it's hard to, I mean, that's the most seating we have right up there. And to shut that down, you especially know. Especially in winter. It, right, especially in winter, there there is a value on that. And, you know, we, we had to decide what that is, and we try to be very flexible with it. But sometimes, you know, guests aren't very happy when they ask and we say it, but it's, it's hard to make. It's hard to have somebody else understand what that space means to you as a business. It looks like extra space. You know what I mean? As humans, we're all selfish. Correct. <laughs> What's in it for me? Why can't I sit there? It's right. basically like my kids never grew up. Right. I, right. I want this. I don't want to talk about that. I want to talk about this. What do you mean I can't? Right. And it's hard, and I understand that because I mean, if you don't have that background, or, I mean, before being here. I wouldn't have understood. You know, I would have been like, that's ridiculous, that's stupid, you know. But now that we've been here a while, uh, I am way more sympathetic when I go out to eat or I go to places. I'm like, I'm so sorry, it's okay, you can see this anywhere, I don't mind. Take your time. I mean, it's funny how I'm not in a rush anymore. I'm not critiquing everything people do, and I'm like, always understanding now. It's funny how you change. And you got back to what I've always loved about the brewery model where there is no rush. You go up, you get your beer as you want Correct. it. You're not waiting for somebody to cycle around back to your table. Right. But rather, I want it, therefore I'm going to go get it. And, and if there's a line, there's a line. It goes fast usually. I mean, even if it's a, any brewery I've ever been to, even if it's a long line, it goes fast. I mean, because it's just beer. Yeah. You know, it, it's just usually really quick. Well, what you found is... Everybody loves a line. Sometimes people will be standing in a line. What's this line even for? I was at a concert in Evanston last week. Picked the food truck with the longest line. Why? I don't know. People must really like it. Or they're just really slow and don't know what they're doing. Right. But right. it turned out it was one that had been reviewed in a lot of classy Chicago publications. A lobster food truck or something. Oh, nice. So, higher end on the what you spend at a food truck. But, I mean, I had to know. What does an angry lobster taste like? Right. But the line was the reason we paid attention because you got this whole murderer's row of trucks. Right. It almost doesn't pay to be too efficient. When I no. Deepy dough, 
we had a line out the door constantly, not because we were, well, we were popular, but we didn't know what the heck we were doing. We didn't do late night ready to eat stuff. <laughs> right. It was you order and then like hopefully 45 minutes later you haven't passed out and you finally get your food. But other people wanted <laughs> in on that action. Let's get in this line and the smart ones, we didn't even call out order numbers back then. We'd just yell, I got a Roni's Oni and somebody thought, oh, pepperoni sounds good and they just go grab it. And then the person who was actually supposed to get it yeah. just ended up waiting longer or maybe gave up eventually. Yep. Yep. I remember, I remember when you guys opened. Uh, my wife and I went there, and we were super excited, and it was delicious. And but we got we we waited in the line. It wasn't too long, but we got in, and we were you guys were right there making them. I mean, you could see everything, and you were all running around like working hard, not chaotically, but I mean, everybody was covered in flour and just rolling and rolling and. Roll them, throw them. We fixed that pretty quick because my brother used to get yelled at constantly in his store in Champagne, where there was no buffer between uh, staff and 3 a.m. drunk customers. So uh, oh, we yeah. renovated DPDO multiple times, expanded it after a year or two, and yeah. learned the lesson of when the customers get to that point in the night, it's kind of better for you to just have food up front hand them and I can totally they move on. That. Yeah, they go and continue with their night elsewhere, ideally, because the longer they are around in your premises, the yeah. more likely they are to punch a hole in your drywall, which now DPDO's dining room has no drywall anymore. There you yeah. go. All right, Nothing now like, I'm on my way to two beers. And <laughs> not like a classy 24-ounce Montucky for starting, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. What kind of ABV am I looking at here? Oh, it's a lower. It's a, like yeah, an American five-ish. It's making sure there's kids to pick up. Yeah, know? I understand. I understand. Yeah, so I, I used to love that though, and I mean, still love it. I mean, it's uh, but it, I've always enjoyed going places, and especially with a newer business, and being able to see what's happening. Um, once again, I think it really helps me to understand what's happening and to be way more patient so <laughs> and understanding. I came from the home of insight. It must be right. Uh, Cut my teeth at Steak and Shake to prove to myself I could do this whole restaurant thing. So I graduated with an MBA from ISU in 2006, and Steve is actually younger, but okay. he graduated with his finance degree, which he is still yet to utilize for anything other than getting a loan to open <laughs> calzone restaurants and breweries. But he opened his store first. I helped him with the business plan, cleaned a few things, and mostly just wanted to be calzone adjacent, you know, kind of feel part of the magic. Because yeah. family gatherings, all the uncles and aunts and grandma would all ask, you know, Steve, how's business? You know, get the cool stories. And then uh, Ryan's working at Steak and Shake. <laughs> nice to see him for the first time of the year because I was working all the nights and holidays. Right. But anyway, the Steak and Shake experience was one that taught me maybe you don't want to see everything that's happening in a restaurant because I, I was covered that. in grease, then splatter myself in milkshake with a headset on the whole time to go take drive through orders, but then still find time to touch a table because all the servers needed a smoke break. Right. You're your own. Yeah, you don't have bus people there. You go and clean the tables yourself too, so... I figured the Steak and Shake experience was probably the, if I can do this, DPDO will seem easy. Except for, I was a manager at Steak and Shake, so the buck stopped with someone else. You yes. go and kick it up the chain of command. Somebody wants a raise, oh, talk to General Manager Patrick. Right. <laughs> someone wants a raise now, it's, well, let's have an honest conversation here. And sometimes they really do deserve it, and they get it. And other times it's, I need to see something. A little head scratcher. labor percentages work, and, right. you know, kind of just making this all stay within the parameters of a healthy functioning business is you just try to be as honest as you can yeah, honestly. Yeah. But in terms of going from Steak and Shake to DPDO, Steak and Shake never closed. If the third shift production guy, the kitchen, didn't show up, guess who was staying until oh. seven AM if you couldn't wake up the morning manager to meet you halfway. Oh. But honestly most typical Friday or Saturday nights there ended with me getting home at five AM, six AM because oh. I had to drive people home in the opposite yeah. direction because buses stop running in Chicago and Susan Evanston okay. and they all live in Rogers Park I'm living with my parents in Morton Grove because lesson for all the kids listening to this podcast about two years in <laughs> staying at home with your parents means you'll have less of a life than you would have otherwise you have no rent work at Steak and Shake work in the night shift you have no life anyway I did nothing but save money for a year and a half and that got me to just enough liquidating whatever little bit I was worth at the time to convince a bank to give me an SBA loan for the rest of you, DPDO. And that's perfect. I mean, that that's impressive. And, uh, I sucks mean, at the time. Sucks oh, at the time. Oh, definitely yes. sucks at the time. Yeah. You want to do a bar crawl down Northwest Highway in Chicago, going to progressively crazier, I can't think of the adjective I want to describe it, but 
Serbian bars where nothing is written in English. Uh-huh. They've got impressionist portraits of some long begone king who probably died 300 years ago. Right. They've got hard liquor called Shlivovitska or something. And All right. Of course, I had to have a shot of that as my one drink at every bar so I could actually get everybody home at the end of the night and right. go work a 7 a.m. shift at Steak and Shake on Sunday morning. Oh, man. That is... But I mean, that's what? dedication, though. But there were some redeeming qualities to being the designated driver in a 1996 Corolla with power windows with locking feature on the driver's door. We happened to have had a pretty gassy dinner and I felt myself ruminating so right before I crop dusted this incredibly tight passenger compartment I made sure to push the lock button on the windows as we're just you know casually moseying down Northwest Highway at about 30 miles an hour. So, I mean, you're welcome to barrel roll out of the car, but honestly, you probably just want to mouth breathe for a few minutes. <laughs> That's like something you do. It does sound like something I would do, so yes, no doubt about it. No, it, it, that is something I would do. Uh, you think this traffic sucks watching this? Fact, I'm pretty sure I have done it before. Uh, yeah, the, my favorite uh, on the similar was uh, Lil Jeff, who's always here. We used to go back home to his uh, to the South Peru area, and we used to go to the Peru. Rips. Come on, rips. No, we went to the Peru Fireman's Stag. So they did fried chicken, gambling, and a gun raffle. And you went, and all the beer you can drink, 20 bucks. <laughs> so we went every year. And this is somehow supposed to be a fundraiser? Yes. So, um, well, it was the raffles for the guns and the gambling where they made the money. We just drank beer. But um, there were four of us, and we all stayed at his parents' house. So we go there, we do that, and then we go out all night long drinking beer. Got a pizza at 1 a.m., ate that. The next day we're driving home, and I swear it was like a stereo. It was like, front left, back right, back left, front right. It was just over and over, and it was freezing cold out. So if you rolled on your window, you were going to pay for it anyway, and it was, uh, yeah. I can't prove it, but in high school, I was driving around the suburbs with friends, because when you're 17 and can't drink, that's kind of just what you do. But one of them, I'm not sure what he ate that day, but I, you know that phrase, something died. Yes. Something in his intestines just must have gotten lodged and dislodged and... I had to open a window and stuck my head halfway out, so my left eye is just getting blasted by, you know, probably 30-degree air yeah. at 50 miles an hour. The next day I wake up, I can't feel the left side of my face. Oh. I got Bell's palsy, which supposedly is a viral thing, but yeah. Yeah. Not, not the bad case of it where, like, your face permanently droops, but to this day, you know, my eyes kind of close a little differently okay. on the side. Okay, okay. That's all because my friend farted when we were driving down Dundee Road or something. You know, that is maybe the best fart story I've ever heard. Not good for you at the time, <laughs> especially. But, I mean, that is incredible. That is that is an incredible story. I how much time we have. I wonder if I can even top that. <laughs> I mean, that was, I mean, that is incredible. I just to avoid a fart. A yes. I'm just keeping my, I'm just going to beat the smell. shit out of my friend. <laughs> After everything came back, of course. <laughs> you know, the little details. Um, so, alright, let's jump back to uh, the brewery. Um, highlights, uh, menu thoughts, beer thoughts, take a, take uh, any, take us down the road to say we, we need to be there. Besides the fact that I already know we need to be there. Okay, so, the food side, since Larry, uh, Incidentally, a good friend who I used to always have coffee with. He was my first health inspector. Runs the Blue Eternal restaurant scene on Facebook. Love Larry. So, I'd been putting him off on doing a follow-up story. He mentioned something about us probably a year ago. And I just said, until we have a front door, I don't want you coming and taking pictures. Because basically, we had a beautiful storefront and right. a piece of plywood holding it shut. Right. So, my cousin Doug is a master craftsman. He poured his heart and soul into all the furnishings of the brewery and his pièce de résistance would be the beer hall table but also the front door. Mm-hmm. So he built the front door and it was incredibly ambitious and something about the way the epoxy set followed it up so I think he turned it into a table. Okay. That also cost us probably three months as he had to then start from scratch and build a new door. Right. So right. we 
sat at Maggie's having casual beverages, <laughs> staring at a piece of plywood on an otherwise pristine storefront for months. Right. Just stewing in our own juice, but knowing that Doug was working the process. Like, he, you can't rush art. So he finally got this uh, second door together. It's beautiful. Check it out when you're there. And I finally was ready to say, okay, Larry, you can come take pictures now. This is where we were thinking we were in the home stretch. This was late June. Okay. His article says Fiala Brothers opening in July. And we thought, oh, we're shooting for July 1st. How could we possibly miss that? And here we are in mid-August. and. We need to open within a week. I, I know about those things. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we're playing kind of, am I the asshole for giving people all these false expectations of, we're opening now. I don't think so. Now. I mean, you're keeping everybody on their toes and excited. That's what I'll say. That's the thing. I mean, we really haven't had to pay for any publicity. And since you mentioned, or since we go down that tangent, when DPDO opened, I got blown away with more business than I could ever handle. So right. my solution was work harder not smarter to be there 20 hours a day not know where i am basically I'm in my car driving and i don't even like mine does a full like reset like the computer restarts correct just literally your eyes are open but you don't even know where you are so the goal with the all is just to not do that again all right um but larry took those pictures put them on facebook his post of the month like thousand plus yeah, likes yeah. i mean lots of comments and they're all positive but what caught my attention and his too when I talked to him about it people are excited about the food concept every bit as much as the beer yes because obviously in town there's you there's White Oak you're I can say this you're our favorites oh but we're a little beaver on tap we still need to get to know Casper I met him coming out of my kids baseball game perfect Casper and I see your shirt are you Ryan yeah so yeah I definitely got to get them on tap he's a nice guy nice guy Dave where I'm going though is we've got all these great beers around town, and then even you go out to Lexington and Analytical mm-hmm, opened, mm-hmm. and obviously my brother coming from Champagne is a lot of good stuff there. So, another brewery, cool. But I think what makes us is we're in Uptown, we're putting everyone else on tap, we'll have the full liquor license a la Distill's Restaurant when they brew beer. And so the beer side is cool, and in Uptown it's something new. But somehow, I still don't know how any of those cheesy, pun intended, grilled cheese concept <laughs> happened, you know, because we get all the chains here. Yeah, yeah. So there's like, I don't know what they're called, but cheesies or melties or whatever. It okay. would take all the cool out of grilled cheese. All right. But we got to get there first. That's Despite cool. this brewery taking four years to build. Yeah, yeah. And we kind of, you know, we didn't have this idea by ourselves. One of my brother's best friends, he pioneered the concept out in San Francisco, and my brother just saw kind of what he did, and... It was like, this would work really well here. So yeah. we got the same type of oven, just kind of found a Central Illinois Bakehouse out of Champagne. Turns yep. out one of our former food vendors now owns it. And oh, cool. We just, I would have their bread buy it at Green Top. Oh, yeah. And I loved it. We, as so, a family, we always did too, all the time. Great bread. So they make it with like three ingredients. I mean, you have to make sure to freeze it right away or use it right away. But mm-hmm. I mean, as long as you respect the fact that it's natural bread yeah. it's awesome and, that, and that's the truth with any fresh product like that you know yeah. so when we threw it out there we're doing gourmet grilled cheese brother asked me what makes it gourmet I like it it's more just kind of an aspiration to make the best damn grilled cheese you can we weren't originally going to do fresh mozzarella but I bought some slice from the grocery store started playing around as did my brother with like a caprese one yeah. on the menu and then we thought well it's great for that and why wouldn't we just use it on the other ones that have mozzarella as well. It's more expensive, but honestly, it's really cool. It's and a higher it, it end. Melt, it melts yeah, different. It does. 100% it And it's it delicious. So. And what's that other mozzarella? Um, oh, gosh. I think it starts with the letter B or something, but it's got that creaminess on the inside. Uh, burrata, burrata or something. Sounds familiar. I know Pizza Pie used it on a pizza, but then, um, shout out to you, Pizza Pie. But, um... My wife likes to buy it sometimes too, and it's kind of this stuff that's like stringy, like it's got, no, it's wet in there, but it's like a creaminess. It's 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 a it's a form of mozzarella, but it's really different. And oh, there's j- just the freshness. Yeah. Like you were saying, fresh mozzarella is a whole different ball game than any other mozzarella you're gonna buy. I mean, and, and that's the truth with any cheese. So I can totally understand where you're coming from. Okay. So with this concept, we try to do as many things as we can ourselves within reason. If you were to take a tour of our kitchen, it's an L-shaped galley-style kitchen. Health department is fine with us prepping some things and storing some things over next to our DPDO. <laughs> and 
we're going to make it work with as many sandwiches and sides as we can reasonably pull off. But Perfect. we went in with the expectation we're not going to be everything to everyone. Right. We'll do what we can. We're hoping to have a vegan option. Gluten-free might be a little harder to pull off at some point. But roster of about 10 sandwiches at any given time. I think that's a perfect through. thing. And then the beautiful thing about grilled cheese is people think of certain sides. So right. some kind of potato chip option, we're still toggling between individual bags or tossing some up with our own seasonings, which if we can, we'd love to do that. Have a tomato soup, a homemade beer cheese, and then either do a mac and beer cheese off of that or have some pretzel bites and dunk in them. Yep. I mean, obviously, we can't sit around here milling our own flour and breaking our own, <laughs> baking our own bread. But correct, correct. As much as you can put your stamp on something and make as much from scratch as you can, we'll do a hummus platter as well, which it's either going to come with toasted points of that Central Illinois Bakehouse bread yep. and or cuts of vegetables we already have for the most part because, again, we're just trying to fit everything we need. We just got our first food delivery, and we're packed to capacity. And right. I, there's no way this is you know a quantity that would survive an ISU homecoming. So we're getting a few more coolers to make it work, but that's where, like we were talking, that soft launch is going to tell us so much about where we're at, where we can go, what we need to do to get there. Gotcha. Every day you think things through kind of mentally exercise your brain as to like picturing this place actually in operation. We've done some test bakes, but we haven't actually opened it up to full on like people order we make so yeah yeah it's still hypothetical until you do that I couldn't even imagine no the food thing is way too intimidating well, yeah. yeah you guys just have yeah. a truck pull up <coughs> yeah, yeah. We just, yeah, yeah exactly truck pulls up thanks for the food <laughs> yeah like no way I would yeah food is always intimidating me and my dad was in the food industry and it still intimidates me I mean yeah well beer intimidates me I mean I well, there you drink go. it but the whole side where someone needs to spend a few weeks running lines and get glycol chillers set up and whatever yeah. you need to do to maintain it. Not the whole liquor side, but I'm so glad to have a tenured bar manager and he brought his assistant with him. Like, We're good there. Yeah, you guys have Zach, right? Yes. Love Zach. Zach so, actually advised, advised us when we opened too. Yeah. Um, he was a friend of a friend and just we needed, we had no bar experience. So we, we, we needed somebody to tell us so this sounds good, this sounds horrible, and you need to be ready for this. And he loves the data, which is the biggest thing. That's cool. I'm more kind of, you know, impulsive. I like what I like, and let's do it. Yeah. But obviously, I've pulled reports at DVD over the years. This sells, this doesn't. We invented a calzone that was filled with Denny's Donuts. Okay. My general manager, who's been with me from day one, she finally prevailed upon me. She's like, just look at the reports. You're selling eight of these a week. I'm like, but they're so good. Right. <laughs> We finally, especially when COVID kind of focused everybody's yeah. uh, menus and operations, so I go, okay, love it, but let's just curb that and bring it back someday down the road. Well, and what you just said there's big in the beer industry. Um, I mean, I'm sure that's something you guys will face is you, you look at that data and a beer could have been the hottest beer you had for two months. And then the next month, it's the slowest selling beer. And all it needs to do is take a break. Yeah. It usually just, if it was popular one time, it just needs a break. There's also a seasonality to beer, too. There is a seasonality. I mean, I'll drink a sessional, sessional year-round, but if it's summer and I'm on a rooftop, if I don't have Surly's Extra Citra, I'm mm-hmm. not a happy panda. I understand, yeah. No, there there is a lot of seasonality to beer. Just like right now, well, all summer long, the beer's here. I mean, they're, they're lighter. There's a lot of fruit beers, a lot of light beers one dark beer and that's it but then we'll head into the fall and winter and suddenly there's a bunch of ambers maybe a brown couple yeah, i have to learn to love your white russian because i'm not a winter right? beer kind of guy i'm not either. Like, I, I have to search for a stout that's agreeable usually with like chocolate or coffee tones yep, to it yep yep i just i don't do the heavy beers it's just never really hit my palate right so yeah give me summer maybe i need to move somewhere warm weather year-round where you can just always drink the light beers yeah no, we uh, and th- and that's something we try. I mean, we'll we still always make sure we keep a uh, couple fruit options and a couple lighter options year round. But there's definitely way more diversity in the fall and winter than there is in the spring and summer for us. But as far as that data goes, it'll be nice to let the customers tell us what this should be, what we should sell, because yeah. it's not one of those command and control economies where. 
where you know the uh, what was it uh, communist Russia back in the day where we're going to make X amount of shoes. Who's going to buy them? I don't right. know. You send them out and you've done your job and even if they just sit in a warehouse somewhere. Okay. Yeah, that does no good for anybody. No, I'd rather anything that doesn't move even if we love it. You know, I'll be stubborn a little bit to a point. Right. But if it doesn't move, no, let's give people things that they actually want to enjoy. Keep those taps moving and just basically if we're serving our customers, we're doing our job. Yeah. Instead of basically beating you over the head with we want this, so even if it doesn't sell, too bad. You know, we're gonna no. I I, taps with it. I I love that. I mean, and I mean, Tyler, you'll back me up on this. That I mean, you and I, our favorite beers don't even stay on tap. The beers we most oh, yeah. we would most commonly drink are not always on tap because they're not the most popular beers. Well, what so, would those be? Um, I'm a big fan of our pilsners, so Peep of Arctic or Pinup. Um, I also like Corn Fused. Francis. Uh, Lighten Up Francis, Francis, definitely, or Kolsch. Um, so basically, we like uh, easier American beer these days. Well, I'm with you on two of the three. Love a good Pilsner. Had one the other day when my informal happy hour attend first Mondays when I came. Yes, yes. We blitzkrieged you for a bit, but That's eventually right. you guys caught up. Uh, so I had the Pilsner there. Lighten Up Francis was a favorite of mine. Yep. But... On the topic of corn, Zach had a beer here the other day and said when he took a shower later, some kernels fell out of his hair. So <laughs> maybe, uh, yeah, just a little corn intensive. Trying to think of which one that would be. King corn? I think that could be king corn, but it would have. said the place smelled like corn. Oh, well, that's because we brewed that day. Oh, yeah. That was, that was the smell of brewing. That was a brew smell. And that wouldn't have been a corn beer. There's, there's only two beers we make with a lot of corn, and those are. Uh, King corn and corn fused. Harvest corn. Oh, and harvest corn. Yeah, Oktoberfest. Sorry, good call. And uh, two of them we brewed earlier in the summer, and they're both out now. And then harvest corn gets brewed next week. But the the brew smell, uh, yeah, that's a special special smell. I wonder if you can get creative with marketing on an Oktoberfest because it's a great flavor, and I never seem to get tired of it. If you could just rebrand as the months go by, November Fest or ah, December Fest, right, because right. the only reason somebody will stop drinking Oktoberfest is because the calendar turned. Yeah. Well, the the crazier part is you have to have it out in s- September first. Right. Now they're because out. True yeah. Oct- yeah, because True Oktoberfest starts in September, which is real mind blowing. I don't know. And some of them have even jumped the gun, and it's August, and you're seeing it. It's yes. like when back to school ads would run in June. Yes. Yeah. Or Christmas starts in October and all that. Oh yeah, fun the jazz. Halloween stuff out now. Oh jeez. I have a picture from my parents. Like, hey, look at this for Halloween. I'm like, it's always right. <laughs> we're still it's still hot out, and we're still yeah. brewing summer beer. <laughs> Actually, that ends next week. We start brewing our fall beers. So right now, if anybody cares, it's August 9th that we're recording, and yeah, next week we start brewing all the beers for fall. Takes time. Can't yep. even imagine what we're going to start with. The day that Steve says we can actually fire up the kettles and actually start getting beers boiled and fermented, yeah, I'll be a happy camper. Because then it's a countdown to actually having right. a beer on tap that's yours. Yeah, correct. I still think you guys are assholes for taking all the big Lebowski names. But Thanks. <laughs> Thanks. We we tried hard. Uh, that was our goal. We knew that uh, you know you wanted them. So uh, <laughs> back in our planning phases, you know. That's all right. I speak Spanish. We'll just you know. Ah, the, perfect. Uh, yeah, we'll do the, uh, the Spanish version equivalent. Exactly. Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with that. No, that's super exciting. Are there any special styles you guys are going to focus on? Farmhouse, man. All right, Steve. Doubles down on farmhouse ales. I've had it. Um, it's a podcast, but I don't know what your reach is, so it won't be too controversial. And I, I want to throw it. this out there because I want your ideas on naming it. So our electrician on the Fiala Brothers project, he said, I don't say this lightly, but I think that farmhouse is better than Jesus. You know, casual Jesus. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I don't take that lightly either because I love their beer. Right, right. So then, you know, I was like, well, the Beatles tried this back in 67 and ended up getting their albums burned, so we don't want to call it bigger than Jesus or better than Jesus. Right. Or but, you know, my brother and I were raised Jewish, so what about Jews for Jesus? You know, oh, we probably do that. I, I have no problem with that personally myself. 
There's a lot of ways you can take it. Or, you know, I'm not really a fish fan, but this is a farmhouse. It's a nice basic name, too. But it I is. assume if I, if I look it up, every great beer name you've had has probably been taken. So, so yeah. So naming beers. We we used to care more about checking on untapped when we'll we still, started, but we we'll still check. Is, yeah. So if we think it's going to have any long-term sustainability or popularity, we, we really we do look into it. The problem is... Every time you think you have a good name, mm-hmm. you look, and there's like 20 of the same name out there. Is that why there's an E in holy jeans? No. Um, it's it's holy as in there's a hole in your pants, not as in you are holy, <laughs> religiously speaking. So, yes. <laughs> I still if, if we would have known that that beer was going to be popular, we, we never would have named it, it holy, jeans. holy jeans. <laughs> It still kills me the people that are like, I love holy jeans. I'm like, God, Jesus, yeah. like ripped pants. Yeah. In terms of planning, we have yet to come up with a hard and fast beer name that we know we're going to use. So yeah. uh, I will say just make sure you have a filter team. And that's whoever you trust to give you, um, you can't do that advice. So you for us, it, yeah, for us, it's our wives. We we come with the great idea, and they say, "Absolutely, you cannot say that." And we say, "Thank you." Uh, that's why the room looks the way it does. Right. This is our. They space. would not let us make everything else look this way. Right. This is this is our space. This is our role. And uh, no, but I mean, they're, they but they've also come up with some. I mean, I'm not going to say. Witch wife, but one-handed hot dog fight was a suggestion out of one when they were drinking. And, uh, I mean, it's a great name that I'd love to name a beer. However, it has connotations, you know, and it'll probably never see the light of day, which is very unfortunate (laughs) because you know it would be popular. But again, you've got the ones that are going for longevity, and then you've got one-offs, which you weigh the right. outrage of the segment that may not actually come out for a casual beer very right, often with right. your diehards and casuals who are, I want to drink this just because of that edgy name. And there's sometimes where you totally decide to rename a beer. Like right now, we're looking at renaming uh, drones. We have drones, rollerblades, blades, and snorkels. It was a long story behind how that happened, and we don't really care for the name anymore. We don't like the label anymore. We like the beer, though, so... That's like NBC repackaging a sitcom. It's new to you. Correct. (laughs) Correct. Yes, yes. So we'll probably do that again, but, I mean, that just happens to them. Sometimes things need a fresher, newer audience, you know, and that's good. Works for me, at least. I'll drink it. There you go. Perfect, perfect. All right, so any other big things people can expect if they come walking through your excellent front door? <laughs> Boy. Beautiful uh, gourmet grilled cheese, beer of your own on tap, more taps with other local beers, bourbon and whiskey. Well, whiskey, bourbon is whiskey, yeah, but not always whiskey. It's a cocktail list because we'd rather have a few that we do well than Love that. a menu that basically, if any of our menus makes your you know eyes kind of swim and you get lost in it, I don't like a huge beer list. I don't like California Pizza Kitchen and their Bible of a menu. I understand that, yes. Just, you know, honestly, credit where due, places like Braze and Pop-Up coming through the VFW where you have no choice but to focus a menu. Yeah. We've loved both of those. We're happy to hear they've expanded or 100%. reincarnated. But the idea <laughs> reincarnated, of love that. the focused menu where you just do what you do, do it well, trust that people will appreciate it. It might not be for everyone, but in my case restaurant next door so right what people i should mention we're making these grilled cheeses in the morning because we want you to be able to get them fast we're going to set our pars when they're out they're out so kind of like going to brass pig for burnt ends get there early gotcha we don't know which one will be the most popular on a given day we'll have our data we'll set our pars we'll try to make the amount we think we're going to go through in a day that will last you know at least a reasonable amount of time through dinner we'll have some ability to make some more between lunch and dinner most days but the key uh, takeaway is we're not going to be do, doing modifications on the sandwiches. So we're trying Got to keep you. them pretty simple, not be too controversial with ingredients that somebody's just going to be hard stop. I don't want this. 
But if there's a hard stop ingredient, there's going to be, say, nine other sandwiches that maybe don't have that ingredient we're trying to avoid. Right. But again, DPDO's right next door. Quite literally, we'll take anything out of a Calzone you want, and we can do that over there. Bigger kitchen, been in business 14 years, we know how to do that. We just want, you come into Fiala Brothers, you should be able to get a beer of your choice, ours, yours, or somebody else's. Or if whiskey's your thing, just please don't fall off our rooftop. <laughs> um, and also, don't dump beer on passersby on the streets. Right, that would be... That would so not be a good it's idea. It's going to be a learning experience for all involved. So in the winter, you guys going to have a snowball fight with anybody across the way from the top? You know, you know you're giving me ideas <laughs> that I shouldn't have. But that's why there's roofs over the rooftops. Oh, Hopefully yeah. We're not oh, going yeah. to have too much snow available. Mm, perfect. But I do want to emphasize the kitchen part. Find what you like, but it's going to... We're making it all that day, having it ready, so you can get it a lot faster than you think you would, given the small footprint of our kitchen. But you're not going to be able to take one ingredient out because that's just not feasible. We right. kind of made our trade-off here, and we thought getting people these sandwiches fast in the quality that we want is going to trump being able to get it exactly how you want it. I, I think that's a great idea. I mean, I love that. I mean, but if we get that out there, and we'll have some signage that kind of reinforces it. Or when people go in the point of sale and can't put an additional note that says this minus this, I think you know it should be fine. But yeah. that, that's going to be the one adjustment that and. I don't think people are going to look for servers necessarily because the brewery model tends to be food is here in its own silo, beer is there, yeah, and they almost kind of operate independently. We'll be very similar to that. But I know when you build something new that we were aspirational in the whole design of it, so it looks like a place where you might expect a server. But there right. won't be one, so if we need some signs to say, please, you know, beer's here, food's there, go wherever it might not be the worst idea but that's the general concept and like anything there will be some growing pains at first and an acclimation period and then everybody will just kind of be used to it and those who are new their friend who has already been there before no 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 you go here you do this get on your phone order the food right we're trying to use the modern technology just make it as streamlined for everyone as possible because ultimately we just want you to enjoy yourselves not get hung up on anything being difficult or taking forever. Yeah. Gotcha. That makes total sense to me. It's I like love us it. with our women's bathroom. Oh, the women's bathroom. Sweet Jesus. So, interestingly, <laughs> I... Nobody can find the women's bathroom. On the building code. Yes. You guys opened before this took effect. I'm almost positive that one of the requirements for our permanent occupancy was to change our men's and women's signs to all gender bathrooms. Uh. Now, Upstairs and downstairs, one bathroom will have a urinal and one won't. But if I'm correct, we're going to be putting signs that say "all gender bathroom" on all four. Okay. So. Do they are? In theory, four bathrooms. Women can use any of them. Yeah. Problem is, if that's the case, I think they're all going to be sharing with. I just I, I don't think. Do the doors I don't think we men are very. Um, I, I feel like somebody's aim is going to be off at some point. Oh, yes, I agree. It's it's like using uh, porta-potties. I feel bad for all women. Just go walking in there and, like, somebody just annihilated this place and wasn't paying attention while they were peeing. So if that becomes an issue, I think our staff is shaping up really well. And as much as barbacks would probably prefer not to be cleaning restrooms with regularity, if we have to go in there with some scrubbing bubbles or something yeah. and just, you know, do some routine, you know throughout the shift uh, maintenance might yeah. not be the worst thing so yeah I, I wonder about that too I and I know that a lot of laws change since we've opened but I know we our bathrooms are multi-occupancy bathrooms so I wonder if we would have still fallen the same way or not ours are single so right. I think maybe that's why they did it and I'm seeing it yeah. more and more yeah and it's not and I'm one no, way or I'm totally open to it definitely change yeah it might alleviate the line at the women's room where Correct. the men can just walk in. Right. Like, but I don't again, care. You know, I really don't care where anybody pees or how you're peeing. And I don't care who comes in while I'm peeing, and it doesn't bother me. I mean... Raise a beer. Yeah, yeah as long as you're ready for... Locked and loaded and ready for action. There's a lot to take in here. There's a lot to take in here. Like, it's, I don't know, but sometimes, like, you don't have the proper filters, the gun jams. And right. <laughs> I understand. I, I get a... So, um, when I... When we all go out and have beers... I get accused of having quite the stream, I'll say. It's the second time you made me spit my beer out. <laughs> um, 
It's it's an aggressive stream, and one thing I don't have problems with is my prostate. <laughs> I just think of that scene in the League of Their Own where Tom Hanks walks yes, in and yes. just they're timing him. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's it's fast, it's aggressive, and yeah. So. The best part is that ad where like you get the you know ten to twelve you know sub streams that. Correct. Nope. Not yet. Correct. All right, so let's uh, wrap things up. Um, do you want to let everybody know where you're located so they can come out and uh, inundate you from day one? 127 East Beaufort Street, next to DPO, across from our friends at Maggie's. Basically, the less um, prominent block of Uptown. We're hoping to change that. Maggie's is putting in a beer patio, which is going to be perfect for them. Perfect. And we'll be able to coordinate, have events. I mentioned before we started recording yes. that we are 1.6 miles from Keg Grove, so expect a series of 5K runs, bikes. Love the idea. Love doing any events. Uh, you know we love working with the community. We love working with other businesses. Love to collaborate. I think uh, Bloomington Normal is stronger together than apart from each other. I mean, why not work together for everybody to succeed? beautiful thing about going into the brewing industry and restaurants yes. too i mean you reference pizza pie up front with adam yep whether you see them at the gym see them at networking things or you know most all good. restaurant owners live in their own silo but in uptown we all get to know each other <laughs> we really do live in our own silo i, I don't leave this silo <laughs> well, that's why i come to your silo right. periodically and i and we have always said we need to do better i, I will say with my uh son being a little older right now he's 13 I have found myself a little more okay to my wife. Okay, Jen, we can go somewhere, but uh, I'm not used to this anymore. My kids are 10, 8, and 5, so okay. I'm strategic about where I bring them. You caught yes. me recording on a week where they're between camp and school, so uh, I got gotcha. and I didn't have to bring them today. Gotcha. But otherwise, they'd probably be ransacking some board games. It would all be good. Nothing wrong with that. We, uh, we have that all the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my assistant brewer. Your assistant brewer is fantastic. All right, well, it's good to have you. Look forward to your opening and uh, excited to have more great options in Blue to Normal. Thanks. Thanks, guys. To be continued. Yes.